Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Uh, We're going to look at uh, the book of Galatians chapter 6 and... um, have you ever been in a situation where uh, you uh, had a difficult time being around somebody? Because uh, I, uh, I remember as a young pastor going to certain events uh, as part of the association. Uh, and that's, this is not around here, so don't uh, think I'm talking about anybody around here. But... Um, there were just there was a particular pastor I knew that used to always whenever we get together as a group of pastors, uh, there are two different kinds of pastors from my past that I didn't always care to be around. Uh, one pastor, one type of pastor was a pastor that always complained about everything. Um, complained about uh, the attendance or complained about uh, the. Uh, uh, things that were going on in the church or complained about this and complained about that. I, I never enjoyed being around that pastor because uh, to me, being a pastor was the best thing in the world. Um, I uh, really felt the call to ministry um, as a young person. And I remember... Uh, after I came to the the feeling of being called into ministry and the and the feeling of God calling me to serve Him and to devote my life to Him, one of the things I enjoyed the most about that call was the fact that I get to work with all the people I love so much. Uh, growing up in my home church, uh, there were just people that I always I always loved you know I just talked about uh, being in church every time the church doors open and it wasn't because it was for some people it's out of a sense of obligation it's out of a sense of duty we enjoyed being in church I mean it was uh, it was it was just there was just aspects of every time. Uh, Sunday morning was were great because we'd always get to to be there for Sunday school and get to learn and and get to be in small groups and being with groups of people their own age. And there was always people there on Sunday morning that weren't there any other time of the week. They weren't there on Sunday night. They weren't there on Wednesday night. And so just love being there on Sunday morning. Sunday night was great. I remember one time. Uh, being in church and the pastor said, what's great about coming to church on Sunday night? And I said, it's really cool. And what I meant was it's not as hot. And they thought because I was a young person that I was talking about it being cool, like, you know, uh, a hipster way of saying it it was really great being there. But uh, I was talking about how, uh, you know, uh, in 
in our church, the, the pews, the pew backs were varnished. And if, if it was hot and you were sweating on your back, you leaned forward or you got ready to get up, you might be, your shirt might stick to the back of the, of the pew. And, and I said, well, it's really, I enjoy the fact on Sunday night it was not as hot. You didn't have to dress up as in a suit and a tie. You could come and just dress pants and dress shirt. And, uh, and so it was a lot cooler in the evening. And, uh, but I enjoyed the 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 close knit fellowship that's on Sunday night of not being of, of not having that feeling of of stuffiness or or a feeling of formality, but a real sense of of ease. And uh, we talked uh, about uh, the other night uh, or the other a uh, uh, little while ago about uh, different things that happen on Sunday night. Now I remember. Uh, when there was BYPU, you know, Baptist Youth, uh, uh, what's the PU stand for? I forgot. Uh, but there was all kinds of different things that were happening on Wednesday nights as uh, Baptist Youth Fellowship, and there was uh, these different things that you'd do on Wednesday nights that you wouldn't do on other nights. And and for us, uh, Wednesday nights, especially for youth, we uh, we had a, a, a youth room or a youth building that, that we'd go and we'd sit around on the couches and talk about uh, different uh, uh, Bible passages and just really share what we felt as young people and and it was an opportunity to really understand it from the perspective of a young person and and those times were special and going to church was great and I I never really felt like uh, it was a a a bad thing to be a part of church and here I was listening to a, a pastor saying that he didn't like certain things about going to church and I couldn't fathom those things the other kind of pastor I didn't like was always the pastor that always had to tell you how many people were in church and how much money they collected it was like it was a it was a, a challenge to to outdo each other well we had so many people well we had more than that we had this many people and, and no but we took up more money and we did this and we did that I, I i can't see how numbers like that is something that we ought to challenge each other in terms of it, it's not uh we don't those aren't things that we should boast about and those aren't things that we should uh 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 really challenge each other in terms of of having more because as I where we were discussing it that uh uh retreat uh not retreat but the 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 study we did on evangelism at the other church the other night was the fact that uh there's a lot of times where growth is not seen in terms of numbers, but in in uh, the amount of of growth and maturity in Christians. Uh, we we may not grow numerically for some time, only because God wants to get us to a certain point of maturity, so that we can't. Because if we if we had another fifty people come in here all of a sudden, we may not be ready for those people if we're not matured to a certain level. We may not be, uh, and it might not necessarily be spiritual maturity. It may be that uh, we have to uh, grow beyond a certain, uh, in some churches, they have a traumatic experience of losing a pastor or of uh, 
something else that's going on. Maybe a, a patriarch or a matriarch in the church that passes away or a family that moves away or something. And, and the church, uh, people don't understand this, but churches uh, mourn the loss of certain people at times. And you have to go beyond that mourning period because everything that you do is affected by that loss. Uh, you can see it in many churches when you talk to them about it. They'll talk about things, how things used to be years and, go, and years ago. Well, we, I can remember where we used to have people all, uh, all in this church. They're not ready to grow yet when they talk that way. When you're talking about how wonderful it was years ago where all the people are here, uh, you're still looking to the past. You're not looking to the future of what God wants for you. So it may be that, that God allows you a period of time to get through that until you're... Re and really, to be honest, you're not, you're not ready to grow yet when you're looking to the past all the time. So Paul is talking about... Uh, some needs in the church in Galatia. Paul is in this passage of Scripture, uh, well, in the book of Galatians, he's uh, really uh, trying to give advice to the church in Galatia in terms of how they should uh, continue to grow and continue to mature in Christ. And Paul is not there to help them. And so he writes this letter to the church at Galatia uh, because they have... Uh, two groups of people that are come in and are hindering the growth of the church. Paul is uh, dealing with, first of all, the Judaizers, and uh, and you can. The book of Galatians is very short; it's only six chapters long. Uh, it's not that uh, so long that you can't sit down and read it in, that, in, in an afternoon or an evening uh, before you go to bed. Uh, but really, uh, one of the issues that this church is having is, is that they had a after Paul was there, they began to grow. And as a result, when Paul left on to go on to another place of ministry and, and to help start another church or to help uh, another church in need, uh, you had a group of people that came in and said, well, now that Paul's gone, we're going to tell you what has to happen. And, and the Judaizers were those... Uh, do you all know what Judaizers mean? Judaizers are people who said, basically, you have to become a Jew to those people who are... are, who are uh, um, uh, outside of the Jewish uh, tradition, you have to become a uh, uh, a Jew in order to become a Christian. You have to uh, be circumcised if you're a male. You have to go and do all the things uh, that it means to be a Jew, and then you are allowed uh, or a child of. of uh, Abraham, an Israelite, and then you can become a Christian. Paul said, no, you don't have to do those things. You don't have to, if you are uh, um, uh, outside of the Jewish persuasion, you don't have to become a, a Jewish, uh, you don't have to convert to Judaism in order to then become a Christian. You just simply become a Christian. And then you had uh, another group of people that were basically uh, saying, well, there's no rules at all. You don't have to do anything at all. You don't have to uh, follow any rules, and, and you can basically do anything at all. And uh, Paul is, is struggling because uh, after he left and, and after these 
individuals came in, they tended they were trying to chip away at Paul's authority. And uh, Paul is at the end of uh, chapter uh, six. He is summing up all of what he's taught them, and he's saying uh, in verse fourteen, he says. Uh, get to the right page here. He says, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Paul is saying, listen, I, I, don't ha- I don't want to boast. I don't want to... And Paul had plenty to boast about. He had plenty of things that he could uh, say, you know, well, uh, you might have uh, been a student of of mine, or you might have been someone who is uh, speaks with this authority or that authority. He says, but he says he's saying, but I, I don't want to have to boast. And Paul, Paul, Paul could have. There's a couple of different situations in his writings that he does delineate his credentials. And we all know those credentials. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was uh, a zealot. He was someone who sat at the, at the feet of great uh, um, uh, rabbis and, and was taught uh, to be a great Pharisee. He was well educated. He was someone who was devout and went out and even persecuted the saints in order to uh, to uh, do his very best to uphold what he felt was the uh, uh, the way in which li- uh, things should be. And so he says, uh, you know, I, I have those credentials. And then he also said, uh, in another situation, he said, look, I, I don't want to boast, but I've uh, laid it all on the line for uh, my faith in Jesus Christ. He says uh, he was uh, shipwrecked and he was uh, left for dead after being uh, stoned and he was uh, um, uh, pursued and, and had to flee in, in the middle of the night. He uh, was uh, bitten by scorpions as he was out on missionary journeys and after he was shipwrecked and all these different things that Paul endured for the faith. And as we know, Paul was martyred for his faith as well uh, at the end of his life. But of course, he couldn't write about that while he was still alive. But uh, he endured all these things. And Paul, uh, as we know, wrote uh, a great deal of the old of the New Testament. He uh, was uh, a great missionary. He was a great church planner. He was uh, a, a great apostle of, of Jesus Christ, and and he was. Uh, you know, out of his time frame, and that he didn't necessarily follow after Jesus as Jesus was living on on this earth. But Jesus came, and uh, you know, uh, what more can you say than you know, hey, Jesus wasn't even around when I was called into ministry because, uh, but he came back at least and called me personally, uh, even after he had ascended, he came back and called me to be an apostle. That's, boy, that's some cred for Paul to have. And Paul here is saying, listen, I'm not going to boast in myself. He says, but heaven forbid that I should boast. Or, and that's what he's saying in terms of that I should glory. Um, we're not, it's not our task 
as we were saying the other night, it's not our task to tout Mount Olive Baptist Church. It's not our task to, to say, you know, hey, we've got a great church. It's not, we're not here to promote Mount Olive Baptist Church. We're here to promote Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's getting at. Our task, our responsibility is not to glory in ourselves or to seek glory for ourselves. It's not to pat ourselves on the back in terms of, of how many people we had here or, or how much money we collect for this offering or that offering. It's not to, to boast in the things that we're doing and the things that we accomplished. It, it's, it, it's, if anything, if, if we do anything, we are to, to boast about what Christ has done in us. And that's what Paul says. He says, I'm not going to glory in anything of myself because what I've done is, is minuscule on, in comparison to what God has done for me. He says, I'm going to boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now, today, uh, it's... If we uh, were to see somebody wearing a cross on a necklace, that's not uh, unusual for us today. But in Paul's time, for him to say that he boasts in the cross, that would be like a, 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 if we were to put into terms what Paul is saying, it would be to... Uh, boast in it'd be like wearing an electric chair on a necklace around our neck or maybe a hangman's noose at the end of a necklace that's what Paul how contrary to popular understanding it would be for Paul to say I boast in the cross because the cross was the most gruesome form of death it was really an embarrassment to be crucified. It, it was not something to be proud of. It was something to... Uh, 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 there's even a curse in the Bible uh, for those who are uh, hung on a cross. And yet this is the way in which Jesus died. And Paul said, I boast in the cross because it is what God has done for me. Paul is saying, I deserve to be on that cross. But I'm going to, to, to boast about what Christ has done for me because He took my place. I'm going to glory in the cross. And I, I, he says, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hide the fact that Jesus was crucified. I don't want to dismiss the fact that He was crucified. I, I'm not embarrassed about the fact that the one... This is, in, in modern day terms, this is what Paul is saying. I'm not embarrassed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I'm not going to be embarrassed by the fact that Jesus took my place. Now, for us today, that's, that's a common thing to hear, but in Paul's day, it, it was a radical thing for him to say because it was, a, it was an embarrassment that Jesus would have been crucified on the cross. That's how most people saw it. But Paul says, I don't see it as an embarrassment. I see it as something to be boasted about because He took my place. He was there for me. 
He says, I'm not going to boast in myself. I'm going to boast in the fact of the cross of Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me. <coughs> the second thing Paul is saying is, is not only am I going to be uh, uh, proud of the fact that Jesus died on the cross for my place, but I am... And here's the important thing that so many times that people fail to, to see. We're, we're all excited for people to come forward and we, we want to say, you know, Jesus took your place on the cross. Won't you come and, and accept that wonderful gift of Him dying on the cross for your sins? And that's a good image to have. But Paul says, not only did He die in my place, but I'm going to die on the cross as well. Now, Jesus died literally on the cross for us. But Paul is saying, I'm going to die figuratively on the cross to the world. He says, because Jesus took my place on the cross, I'm going to live as if I am dead to the rest of the world. As if I died on the cross and nothing in this world is going to, to affect me. That's important for you to understand because here Paul could have been upset about the fact that they were trying to strip him of his credentials as an apostle. He could have been upset about the fact that others were coming behind him in the church at Galatia and and trying to undo the work that he had done within that church. He could have been upset about the fact that, uh, remember Paul was sitting there teaching them that they didn't have to, to become Jew. Uh, convert to Judaism in order to accept Jesus Christ that uh, that uh, uh, anyone from any background could come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and now there's a group that's coming behind him saying no you have to become uh, a, a Jewish a convert to Judaism before you can accept Christ he didn't get upset about any of that because he says look I'm, I'm crucified to the world so I'm not going to allow those things, those people that are trying to undo my, my ministry, undo the work that God is do, using me to do, I'm not going to be upset about those things. Paul says, I'm going to simply live as if I'm dead to this world. The world is dead to me and I'm dead to it. You know, that's a good philosophy to have. Paul gave himself to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ gave himself for us. And so Paul is saying, listen, I'm going to simply serve God regardless of how the world takes it, regardless of what the world does to me. I'm not going to be uh, seduced by this world and seem uh, and feel as though I have to compete with anyone or anything in the work that I'm doing for Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to allow uh, the things that the world says about me to affect me in any way. I'm simply going to live for Christ. A lot of times we fail to, to, to do that. We worry about 
uh, how good we're doing with this church or that church or there's a church over there doing this and and why aren't we doing that kind of thing or or this church over there has so many youth and we don't have that many in youth and uh, that church over there has that many in Sunday school and we don't have that many and uh, uh, we're not in a competition with them. We need to be simply worried about how much we're serving God, how well we're serving God, where we are, where God has us. Don't worry about the fact that, uh, that we don't have you know, 400 people here on Sunday morning. Um, it'd be great to have 400 people here, but what would we do with them? How would we have a place for everybody? I, I think that God... Uh, uh, honors when we're faithful to Him. And He'll bring the increase in His time when we're ready. When He deems us to be worthy of, uh, you know, we're, we're serving Him in His church. This isn't our church. We come here and we claim it as ours because we're faithful to come here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every, every Sunday that we can. But we have to remember whose church this is. That ought to do two things. It ought to do, first of all, we need to remember it's His church, so we need to do our very best and do all that we can to serve Him and do all that we can to promote uh, Jesus Christ in a community. Look, do we have people all around us that need Jesus Christ? You better believe it. Are all the people that are out there uh, uh, Christians? Not Not in the least. Yes, we're out in the middle of the country and it's a long way between houses, but guess what? There's a whole bunch of people that if we were reaching them the way we should be reaching them, we could have this place filled up. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And there's plenty of work to be done. We don't have to, we don't have to fight this church or that church for members because there's a lot of people out there that need Jesus Christ. We need to be faithful to serve Jesus, doing what Jesus has called us at Mount Olive to do as His church, to be a light shining in this community, to reaching people, helping people in need, helping those who are hurting, and being a light to them and being salt in the world. We need to do that. And secondly, we need to understand it's His church. um, And not only do we need to do our very best, but we need to understand it's not our church, it's His. And and we ought to be doing our very best to serve Him in all that we do. We We need to promote His church and promote Jesus Christ, and we need to do our very best for Him. Because... Uh, we need to allow Him to do the increase. It's His church. The Bible says that He will build the church. Jesus Christ will build up the church. So Paul is here saying, I'm dead to this world and the world is dead to me and I'm not going to allow anyone or anything to distract me from doing his work, he says, God forbid that I should glory. I'm not going to glory in anything I've done. I'm going to glory in the cross. I'm going to be uh, uh, the one thing that we can be proud of is what Jesus Christ has done in our life. The one thing that we should be proud of is the 
fact that He is... Uh, the work that Jesus has done in us, what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. And as long as we, uh, we talked about this that night uh, at that conference, we need to be about sharing the message of Jesus Christ, not the message of Mount Olive Baptist Church. We need to share His love and God will increase when we're faithful to do that. God will bring the people in when, when we do that. That's the difference between evangelism and just simply promoting us. We, we need to do evangelism. We need to do His work, His service, boast in the cross of Christ because that's what Christ has done for us. Let's join together for prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we praise You and thank You that... that you love us so much and have given of Yourself for us. Lord, let's, let's help us to keep our eyes on You. Keep our focus on, on doing Your work, doing Your service. Lord, help us to, to share the message of Jesus Christ in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <music>